0: Thank you for tuning in to Entertain the Geeky, your source for nerd news. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Nerd News. This is Jason with you as always. And wow, a lot of stuff to cover this week, but uh, I'm going to start with the thing that has literally taken over the internet for the past couple of days. Uh, It's all over your Facebook feed, it's all over your YouTube feed. The Avengers Infinity War trailer has made its way onto the internet, given us our first glimpse at this upcoming film and the culmination of the better part of a decade of stories that have been building to this final moment here, um, and I gotta say it's it's glorious, and I could sit and go over every every part of it with a fine tooth comb, but I'm gonna focus on just a couple of things that have stood out that I've noticed over some some various other uh, videos that I've checked out and and, and uh, some various kind of looking through the trailer on my own and trying to deduce what's going on. Um, the big one is the appearance of Thanos, and popping up into the trailer, he's got the Infinity Gauntlet, he's got a couple of stones, uh, the Space Stone, which is the Tesseract, and uh, the Power Stone, which we saw last in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, being entrusted to the Nova Core. Now, <laughs> I would imagine that at some point, maybe probably even a prologue to the film, uh, we will see Thanos uh, you know, dealing with the Asgardians from the end of Thor Ragnarok, getting the Tesseract, and then transporting himself to uh, to Xandar, to the Nova Corps. And I, I think that's probably a really good way to see the kind of devastation that Thanos and his Black Order bring to the table uh, before we actually see him go to Earth. So I think Xandar and the Nova Corps are about to get a... A huge wake up call that they should never have taken possession of this stone. Um, So that'll be an interesting thing. And I think there's at least a couple of scenes in the film that were probably, a couple of scenes in the trailer that are probably taking place on Xandar. Um, But ultimately, uh, you know, back on Earth, uh, the Black Order has kind of come and trying to locate the stones. Um, And Another big thing that comes out of the trailer is what appears to be some kind of big epic battle that takes place at Wakanda, um, which definitely has an implication that the Wakandans are in possession of the last Infinity Stone, so the Soul Stone, which we have not seen in any film up to this point. Uh, we've seen every stone except the Soul Stone. And with Black Panther coming out right before Avengers Infinity War, it's a pretty good bet that they are in possession of that last Infinity Stone. I know there was some speculation that, you know, if Thor Ragnarok was going to introduce that stone to us, that somehow Heimdall uh, was the Soul Stone because of the color of his eyes and the fact that he can see souls. Uh, obviously, we've passed on, you know, we've passed over that without mentioning anything about it, so. It's a good bet that the Wakandans are in possession of it, and probably have been possess- in possession of it for generations. The same way the sorcerers have held the Time Stone for so long. Um, and then we, we, you know, the the army we get to see fighting the Wakandans and some of the Avengers there on the big battlefield, and you know, somewhere in Wakanda outside the city, um, was a very interesting thing as well. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with what those aliens are, uh, our best guess is that they are the Outriders. Um, the Outriders are genetically engineered by Thanos and the Black Order to kind of send out into the universe and uh, do his bidding. Um, and in a way, they're kind of the me-seeks of the Marvel Universe because most of the time, once their task is complete, they are killed. Um, but clearly, he has mass-produced the Outriders and is using them as kind of the grunts in the Black Order's army. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the Black Order... Uh, originally it was five members. It looks like the movies are only going to introduce us to four. So we have uh, Corvus Glaive, who is the leader of the Black Order. Um, We have uh, Proxima Midnight, who is, at least in the comic world, she was his... Uh, woman she was his girlfriend uh, his concubine however you want to word it I'm not really sure their relationship was very strange and they never really took the time to kind of uh, elaborate on it too much in the comic world they might do that in the movies who knows um we ha- so we have those two and then we have uh, the Abony Maw. he's kind of the you know if you if you were paying attention to the d23 reveals that were going on uh, back you know five or six months ago um, he's kind of the weird white. Uh, wrinkly. He kind of looks old. He's got a big long robe on. Um, and then uh, the Black Dwarf, which was the big kind of giant guy. He was, uh, he was, in the comic world, the leader of the army that tried to take down Wakanda and get the Soul Stone. Uh, in the comic world, he failed quite spectacularly and was punished quite severely by Thanos. Uh, whether or not that will make it into the movie is yet to be seen, but uh, we definitely have some, some, some interesting stuff to look forward to with the Black Order and the Outriders, um, and I doubt we'll probably see the Outriders used to their fullest extent. In the comic world, they had powers like uh, invisibility and tactile telekinesis, and they could read your minds, and they were, they were reading the minds of various heroes trying to locate the stones for Thanos. Uh, in the comic world when they found out that the Avengers were actually not on Earth, and Thanos used that as his time to attack. Um, So how much of that comic actually gets translated, I I would say probably not a lot, but they're definitely being inspired by what that comic did and how it was presented. Um, I'm sure that at some point we'll see some Avengers in space. I mean, we already have Thor out in space with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Who knows? The end of the film might lead the Avengers into space. So I'd like to touch on one more thing that I think has has kind of popped up that was a little interesting to me, um, in that uh, we see the Hulkbuster armor on Wakanda, and we see Bruce Banner, but we only have one shot in the trailer of Hulk. Um, and with Iron Man off with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man uh, and the various others, there's been speculation that the, the person inside the Hulkbuster armor is actually not Tony Stark, but it is Bruce Banner. Um, and you might think, well, why? Why do we need to put Bruce Banner in armor when he can just turn into a big monster? Um, so the thought is, and, and, and let me, let me, you know, take this with a grain of salt because at this point we have no idea. We are just speculating. Um, the thought is that something prevents him from turning into the Hulk, or that maybe him, the Hulk, and Bruce Banner become separated. Uh, so they end up becoming two separate entities. Um, by some doing of Thanos maybe playing around with the souls or playing around with the infinity stones uh, he does something that separates them or prevents uh, Bruce from changing now there is precedent within the comic world for Bruce and the Hulk being two separate entities um, so there's not you know it's not outside the realm of possibility that, that might be something that we we end up getting uh, with this film uh, which I think would be very interesting but again, take it with a grain of salt. It's all just speculation at this point. We have no real idea what's going on. Uh, we are just looking at some context clues and trying to guess. Um, so a couple more things uh, that just really, really were interesting to me was finally getting to see Spider-Sense. Um, he has this moment where you see Peter kind of sitting on a school bus and the the, the hair on his arm stands up. And they haven't really touched on Spider-Sense uh, at all up to this point. Um, I know there was a little Civil War had a little bit of uh, context for it when Spider-Man kind of ducks out of the way without knowing that something was coming up behind him. So we know it's there, but they haven't really t- taken the time to elaborate on it or explain it to us in any way. It's just kind of... He's just always a little bit ahead. Uh, he's always kind of one step ahead in fights. Uh, which is fine. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with not, you know, uh, focusing in on it because the other movies have already kind of, you know, hammered that into the ground. Um and another thing that I really liked to see was seeing Captain America um, full beard now, kind of a nomad style. and uh, you know the symbolism, the, the symbolism of America from his costume has been torn away. Um, you can see where all of that symbolism was, but it's gone now, as if he's kind of turned his back on America because America turned its back on him. Um, so just real interesting things and and I can't wait to, to see more footage uh, and and definitely can't wait till May of next year to finally see the film um, but if you haven't watched the trailer what are you doing with your life go out watch the trailer check it out because um, it is amazing and there's plenty of reaction videos and and breakdown videos and everything that you can watch till you're you know blue in the face you could sit and watch videos about uh, about infinity war the movie um, moving on uh, to the the world of video games. Um, So something that has popped up recently, um, aside from some other new releases like Super Mario Odyssey and things like that, um, we are coming up on, or we just passed, actually, the the one-year anniversary of Final Fantasy XV. And I'm not the biggest fan of DLC because I feel like, you know, if if you're going to release the game, you should release it complete. You should not release it incomplete and then charge me more money to complete it later. Um, but I could go on a whole tangent about that, and I'm going to leave that for another another time. But uh, something that is popping up for an update for Final Fantasy 15 here a year out, as they are still dropping DLC and various other episodic things that kind of add a little bit to the game, uh, is the ability to switch on the fly between characters. Um, you know, your, 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 if you played the game, your main character is Noctis. Um, he's the prince of. Some land, I don't remember the name of the land right now offhand, um, but he's accompanied by his three friends. It's kind of got a, a Stand By Me vibe in their relationship. Uh, they even used Stand By Me, the song, to kind of elaborate a, a little more on that. Um, but uh, this new update will allow you to switch between characters on the fly and, and play the main story as one of the side characters, whether that be uh, Prompto or Gladio or... Um, or uh, I can't really think of that other guy's name. It was Prompto and Gladio and somebody else. <laughs> but uh, it definitely, th- it definitely seems like um, you know, here a long time later, we are, we are still getting updates. We are still getting uh, DLC content, and how you feel about that is up to you. Um, But it'll be interesting to kind of, if you're a fan of the game, I know I am, to kind of go back through the story and see the focal point put on a different character, or just be able to run around the map in the open world as that character, or drive the car as that character, or whatever it may be. So, um, moving to the world of comics, uh, if you are unfamiliar, The Doomsday Clock, number one, has been released. Uh, It is a 12-issue series. Uh, that is meant to serve as kind of a something that ties together uh, this rebirth world and this this kind of background story that Jeff Johns had started with the rebirth one shot. We are now coming around uh, full circle to Doomsday Clock, and it's supposed to give us the answers and the revelations that we need. Um, and if you're unfamiliar, it is actually being pegged as a sequel to Watchmen. Um, one of the things that we we had heard from Jeff Johns is yes, there are preludes and there are things that you can read that will kind of get you, uh, you know, set up to understand what's going on in this story. But he has claimed really all you need is Watchmen. Uh, if you've read Watchmen, you're caught up and you know what's going on and it's picking up right after that. And I gotta say, you know, time has passed, but it definitely feels like something that is spinning right out of the pages of what that original series was. Um, which some people might find a little blasphemous. Uh, Some people might not really dig the idea that uh, they're kind of trying to expand on a story that a lot of people think is perfect all on its own. Um, But some notable differences come up right away. I mean, obviously, we get introduced to a Rorschach character uh, within this first issue of the story. And if you've read Watchmen, you know that Rorschach, he died. He died quite terribly uh, by uh, being kind of... Ripped Apart, Atom by Atom by Dr. Manhattan. Um... And we find out very quickly that this Rorschach is, is not Walter Kovacs, who was the original Rorschach. This is someone else, a successor, or someone who's just trying to kind of carry on uh, the, the legacy uh, that Rorschach started. Um, and there's been speculation about who that character is. Uh, some people say it's uh, the, the kid who was always reading the paper uh, at the newsstand. Uh, some people say it's some other characters that, have pop- that had popped up in the Watchmen comics, or even in the before Watchmen comics. I really, uh, I don't want to speculate at this point, I, I'm just happy to see that someone saw what Rorschach was doing and saw that it was good and decided to to carry on with it. Um, but it definitely, uh, it, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of spoilery territory here, so if you haven't read the book, I suggest going out, checking it out, uh, and then coming back. Um, but this book has taken place, I think, six, six seven years? Seven years after the events of Watchmen. Um... And the, the you know, we, we 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 understand that Ozymandias is still around. He, you know, obviously what he tried to do during the events of Watchmen was to create a unified world, to find a way to uh, to bring peace, and apparently that failed. That didn't work um, because uh, the details of Rorschach's journal were published, and uh, you know everything that was. Ozymandias's plan was kind of laid out, um, which has now made Ozymandias uh, a wanted man. There is uh, all over the world. I mean, he's a wanted man in every corner of the globe. If anybody were to see him, they would arrest him on sight. Um, and obviously, as you would expect, you know, the U.S. and Russia are still not doing well. They're on the brink of war. Um, it's 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 kind of a very interesting. Tie into what Watchmen was and what it was trying to do, and just kind of picking up the pieces and going forward. Um, I don't want to go into too many details uh, because I really think you should you should go out and and check out the book. Um, but. Basically, Azamandius is trying to find Doctor Manhattan, um, and he he hires some people, uh, according you know, including the new Rorschach, to uh, to kind of help track him down. Um, and I know you're thinking to yourself, what does this have to do with DC Comics and uh, any of those characters? Um, well, so we see just a small kind of tie-in to DC that is going to be obviously important moving forward. Uh, Clark Kent is. Sleeping, and he's having some kind of, I guess, nightmare um, uh, dream about his parents, uh, reliving the night that uh, they died. Uh, Lois kind of wakes him up, and and he he kind of thinks he thinks to himself that he's never had a nightmare before. So this is a kind of a weird occurrence for Superman. So obviously, there's some kind of outside force. Uh, acting on what's going on in his head, um, and and that's really it. I mean, they they leave this book very open. I mean, this is just number one. It's a twelve issue series that is coming, um, so it'd be very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see where they go from here. Um, and obviously, we will uh, we will keep you posted and talking about what's going on. We're very excited as fans to find out what's happening. Uh, and we will definitely bring any new information as it comes uh, to you. Um, Lastly, I'd like to touch on uh, something that I just find very interesting. Um, A while back, we had heard that Disney was in talks with Fox to buy their studio, um, which is a very interesting prospect for a lot of reasons, Uh, most notably because, well, Fox owns the X-Men and the Fantastic Four franchises, and it would be it would be kind of awesome if we're going and, you know, if going into phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we can rejoin those things. We can have Reed Richards and Wolverine, you know, joining up with uh, whoever's left over after the events of Infinity War. Um, it's, it's, so a while back they, they were kind of talking about that, but then some things happened and they, they kind of put those talks on hold. But it appears as they are, it appears as though they are back. Sitting together, trying to figure out some kind of way to uh, to move forward with this. Now, why Fox would wanna would wanna get rid of or would why would wanna sell their studio when they've got some interesting things coming down the pipeline that are sure to make them a lot of money, like Deadpool Two, uh, New Mutants looks very interesting as kind of a horror movie with mutants in it, um, and even X Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, we have not seen any footage of, and we don't really know what direction they're trying to take that. So that could be a, a very interesting film to see as well. Um, I'm not really sure why this is something that they would want to do, but as a as a fan of of comics and as a fan of the MCU, I would definitely think that uh, Phase Four could be a an introduction of the X Men and the Fantastic Four to this world. We could lead towards some kind of Avengers versus X Men story, and that would be pretty awesome. I, I I have to say I would really I would really be Uh, surprised if they acquired this and that's not what they built to. Because when you introduce these characters into a world in the aftermath of all of these things that have already happened, there definitely is going to be questions about how they fit, uh, where they belong, are they Avengers... There's a lot of things that need to be answered, and if Marvel were to acquire, or if Disney, I guess, were to acquire Twentieth Century Fox, we could finally have some answers to these things. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest: the one thing that I really want to see out of out of some some you know out of an acquisition like this is a good Fantastic Four film. I don't even care if it's ever tied in with the MCU. I just am, I I loved the Fantastic Four when I was a kid. One of the things that was always really cool about that book was, yes, it was a sci-fi thing. It had a it had a big you know grand story heroes and and fighting monsters, but at the core of what it was, it was a book about a family, and I think that that worked really well in a comic form, and it even kind of worked in those movies, uh, those original Fantastic Four movies that they tried to make way, way back um, with with Jessica Alba and and Chris Evans and, and the various other people. I think that they got that right. I think that that they presented it as a story about a family, which I think was fun. Um, There was a lot, a lot of things that were wrong with those films, Uh, you know, most notably like Doctor Doom and Galactus. Uh, Doctor Doom being kind of relegated to uh, just an egomaniac, and Galactus being relegated to just being a big cloud that was kind of shaped like Galactus. I don't know, it was bad, but... uh, (laughs) It would definitely be nice to see the Fantastic Four taken seriously, and and you know, look what they've done with Spider-Man. Look what they've done with all of these characters. You know, even though these were the characters, the kind of characters that didn't have movies before, and we introduced them through their films. Look what they've done with them. Look how look how well uh, the characters have been taken care of. Look how you know the source material has been regarded with reverence. I want that to happen to the Fantastic Four. I would like to see a good Fantastic Four movie that really kind of breaks the mold that we've established of just bad Fantastic Four movies. Um, but that's going to bring me to the end of of what I have for this week. Uh, thank you for sitting in and listening. Um, so I, I definitely have some new stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, check out entertainthegeeky.com uh, for all the links to Facebook. We also have uh, some merchandise um, with some t-shirts with some of the logos and things on it, so check that out. Um, we have set up a private email for the Nerd News show, so if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to you know, talk, you want to hear certain things on the show that we just haven't touched on yet, uh, it's etgnerdnews at gmail.com. Uh, that's etgnerdnews, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, so if you're interested, uh, you know, hit me up. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you want to hear. And like I said, check out the merch, check out the games at the website. Leave us a comment on Facebook or Twitter. We're always happy to hear from you guys. Uh, We will see you next time. And until then, stay geeky.